Welcome into uh, Empty Your Queue. My name is Justin, and with me is Cameron. Hello. And today, uh, I guess I'll just come right off the dome, or right off the top, and say we're going to have a heavy spoiler alert here for this episode. Big time spoiler alert. Uh, so if you've not- for, for not only the show, but the comic book that's <laughs> yes. over 30 years old Possibly now. Possibly even the movie, too, because I'm sure it'll come up at some point. Oh, yeah, but, I mean, the movie operates off the comic book up until the end. I'm like, it's bring- kind of the same thing until the end. So today we are breaking down HBO's Watchmen. And then, as well, kind of Watchmen in general. And just kind of the Watchmen property in yeah. general. Yeah. Alan Moore and Dave Gibbons. Is Alan Moore still alive? Yes. Is, okay, did he denounce this, too? Oh, he- oh, the movie, 100%. No, but I mean, like, the show. What did he think about the show? Uh, That I actually never looked into because I just <laughs> didn't really, like, care he's a curmudgeon and kind of an asshole and okay i respect that he thinks he's a wizard so he might be i mean i'm not really (laughs) i'm not really gonna take his opinion into consideration as much as i should nowadays or well ever should have that's i can understand that yeah i get that uh so do we want to dive into what this is about or how should we how should we go about this? What do you think? So we can just start off with the show if you want, or do you want to just kind of like go back from the beginning with the Watchmen of, kind no, of what I'm, all that is? I'm cool with starting with the show for sure. Um, okay. It's just, it's so much. There's so much going on. And the show is playing off of the comic book. It's, yeah, it's set 30, 30, 30 years. plus years, I think. Yeah. After. It's set around our time. It's yeah. Like, 2019 it, re- it released 2019 and i think it's set in 2019 2020 or so and it like drops back to time. all over the place it goes all over the place and it starts off in 1921 in tulsa yeah uh the side of the black tulsa, wall street tulsa, tulsa massacre, massacre. Uh, and that's i mean i knew it was a part of the show but i didn't know that it was going to be such a linchpin to the whole series like the whole season yeah because like the it's like the effects that that has ripple through everything basically. yes and to set everything it's kind of a motion. vengeance story at at its heart yeah yeah <laughs> so so watchmen in i guess the gist in general is an alternate universe where superheroes are a thing but they're basically just master vigilantes and they're outlawed so to be a master vigilante is to break the law the but keen act the, i believe yeah the keen act so then yeah. what the show does is it picks up 30 years after the comic book and because the comic book, the Keen Act, has been enacted. Yes. And so they've kind of, like, stopped being. And they're based off the Minute... They were a group that formed after the Minutemen, like the Justice League or whatever. Yeah, exactly. Justice Society comes in in the Justice League. And there's all... Yeah. So they, they ban vigilantes and costumed heroes. And so the series picks up and everyone wears masks. Yeah. The police have masks. There's massive vigilantes. And I think the... One of the things I liked the most about the series, because I actually hadn't seen it until recently to watch it for this. It's one of those things where I was always like, I know I got to see it. But I thought a lot of the praise was was just a lot of hyperbole. I was like, there's no way it can be this good. No. Like, it's just, so, I, from episode one, I watched it when it aired. And from episode one, I was like, oh, shit. Like, yeah, it really, as like, soon as okay. I watched it, I was like, I was hooked. So I watched all of it in about a day and a half. Which isn't a lot because it's nine one-hour episodes, but like, <laughs> yeah, you made a job out of it. It's it, yeah, nine-hour day. <laughs> put in a lot of time at the, yeah. at the couch. Um, no, but one of the things I really liked the most about it, I think, was what they ended up doing with Rorschach. 
Yeah. And like, so the idea is basically like his journal and his rhetoric gets misinterpreted and becomes like the foundation for a new wave of like KKK, like the evolution of the KKK, basically. Yeah. They call themselves the seventh cavalry. Yeah, the whole so the journal came out at the end of the Watchmen. Yes, everything that Rorschach kept control of. Um, what the world? No, because the world didn't know what Veet did. I don't think it was in the journal because they kill him at the end of the comic before he has a chance to ever. No, no, no. He sends it out. Oh, I, so see, I thought he writes it. everything. Yeah, at the end of it, he's he write everything. It's sent out. And the kid at the newspapers, this big fat Ophi kid <laughs> that you've seen throughout the comic, like picks it up and is like, oh, I'll do something with this. Yeah, let's do something cool with this. Yeah. So but it becomes kind of like the New Testament it's, for yeah, the like for the KKK. For like a, yeah. Yeah. And maybe that maybe they got it because they never because they know too. like throughout the series, it's revealed that they know the secret about how adrian veidt saved everything yes like they're in on the secret and yeah. part of it is because they're they're led by government officials so like the one okay so what makes this series so topical and hbo just made it free again for this last weekend and i think through july 2nd um in celebration of juneteenth what what makes this so relevant is it's basically a show about the infestation of systemic racism in things like your government and your police force and law enforcement yeah Throughout time. Throughout time, yeah. <laughs> it's basically generations. You go through three generations of systemic racism and injustice and, like, the institutions that are in place to save you and protect you. Yes, yeah. And... It's... it's play, And it's, like, how the Watchmen was a value, kind of showing this, like, deep, uh, immoral and psychologically fucked up aspect of superheroes that everyone chose to ignore. yeah. That was this unrealistic savior and this saint, if you will, that literally like Batman is really cool to everybody, but he's really just a big, angry white dude who goes around beating the shit out of mostly probably minorities <laughs> and things them, like yeah. that. Yeah, you know, so and it really just took, kind of turned that whole world upside down. Yeah, the value I, of that it also really took a look at kind of the Red Scare at the time of like our obsession with Doomsday. And, yeah, and the apocalypse and the impending like nuclear war we were facing with the Russians at the time. <laughs> and now this is kind of showing us, hey, this is the impending like nuclear war we're facing with ourselves. Ourselves. <laughs> this yeah. is, we just continually. And then it still has the aspect of the superheroes and kind of evaluating the superhero idealisms. I think this too, what I really liked about this was how it delved into like the psyche of the person as the superhero. Cause like the, the original comic and the movie, it's more skewed towards like Rorschach being the one who takes it super serious. Like he's the, like the more, I don't want to say like, well, Rorschach's your narrator in the comic. And right. They tried to, we should just leave the piece of shit movie out of it because the <laughs> movie doesn't really have anything to do with this. This is completely yeah. like based off the comic so much so that it's referenced that a space squid, is what landed in New York City. That's a huge part of it, causing too. the like psychic blast that, and they show it, which made me so happy. I like, was not that, prepared. Yeah, <laughs> that's probably one of the best episodes too. Is the like explanation of 
the new Rorschach essentially. In oh, this. Looking Glass. What yeah, is, the yeah. Looking Glass, kind of his character. Um, but there, and each character is kind of a reflection of the original characters mm-hmm. in a way. Uh, and they have uh, they have Lori Blake. Yeah, they do have the who, Silk Spectre too. Who's now a the lead an FBI agent, <laughs> the lead vigilante hunter for the FBI. Yeah, Night Owl's been arrested. Yeah, he's Adrian Veet is like locked in his own mind. Yeah, he. I want to. Okay, I want to stop and I want to talk about Jeremy Irons as Adrian Veet or Veet. I don't know. I think they say Veet, but I don't know. Um, he's incredible. Yes. And he only gets more and more incredible as you learn more and more of his story as the season goes on. As you figure out what he's doing and like what... Like, when you figure out why he is where he is and what's happening, like, you're just like, oh my god, what? Like, at first you're like, okay, he's got these servants, he's living in a nice mansion, okay, that's cool, that's... We don't, they don't even say who he is, I think, until episode three. And it also acts as kind of the... So in the comic, there's this The Curse of the Black Freighter. Mm-hmm. A subplot going along with it that is kind of explaining the book that you're reading. Like, there's two books in the Watchmen, both telling the same story, right? And this has the same thing in it with that, where you have two stories telling the same story inside the story, and then it all kind of just coalesces together. (laughs) I this might be, I don't, I don't, I can't say a hot take, but this might be. I kind of think I liked this series more than the comic itself. I will agree with you 100%. I don't know if it's a hot take because I don't know. It's well, because it's the same story. It's yeah, it's basically the same story, but it's there's a ticking clock. You're working with these characters who have these torrid pasts that you're reaching back in the past to solve the future Mm -hmm. and this like kind of running doomsday scenario right in this you have the uh what you think is going to be vite's daughter or well spoiler yeah we're talking spoilers yeah we're talking all sorts of spoilers um so what is vite's daughter from a former mate or like lab tech maid it, yeah, that so stole his semen. So he he's like is really insulted when they show the flashback where he meets her because he's like I've never been with a woman. It's it's a distraction. It's and she's like yeah, well you froze vials of your cum. So my mom snuck in and took one and out she went and you never noticed because she was the help. So why would you even care? Yeah. And he's like oh well in that case I'm gonna give you nothing. Get out of here. You yeah. think you're gonna just come in here and get all my stuff? Like, yeah, because she puts it. She like knows who she comes from and she goes to his hidden lab his antarctic base yeah that's been like destroyed since the whole standoff with dr manhattan and everybody at the Mm -hmm. end of the original watchman comic um but invite is whereas he's not in space but he's he's locked inside that statue in his own mind right he's in he's on Europa. Okay. Which is a planet that, or it's a moon of Jupiter that Dr. Manhattan creates life on basically. Yes. And builds a utopia on. Yes. And in exchange for a favor from Adrian Veidt, who is the smartest man in the world, 
he Dr. Manhattan puts him on this utopia and says there's people here that need a master. Yes. Do you want to be their master? And he's like, "Oh my god." That's it. Johnny boy. Do I want to be a master? Yeah, because at this point everything's falling apart again. Yeah, he's like, "I yes, buddy." Since uh, the plan didn't really work and everything fell apart. Yeah, you find out that his whole scheme was to get Robert Redford elected president. Yeah. And he makes this tape to declare like, "Hey buddy, work with me. Let's do this." Yeah. And then Robert Redford denounces him and never calls him back or anything like that. Yeah. But it stays under wraps. And it's just yeah, it's crazy. It's there's so many nods to cuz I remember they say in it too that Robert Redford's been president for like 25 years or something. Yeah. <laughs> cuz I think the the comic abolishes the term limit, right? Like yes. Nixon abolishes the term yeah, limit. Yeah, Nixon abolishes the term limit cuz Nixon is the president in 1985. Yeah, he stays so. president for decades. Um Yeah, Jeremy Irons is fantastic. I also it's dumb to say let's shout out the absolute star of the series, Regina King, but she's yes. incredible. There is so much that she is asked to do and there's so many like her character goes from essentially like she has this episode where she takes all of her grandfather's nostalgia pills, which is basically just like a, a pill bottle full of pills of his memories. Yeah, and his she, memories that are kind of consolidated into a drug and she takes all of them in one one dose because she doesn't want to lose them she's about to be arrested for something she's being implicated in a plot and she takes all of them and she trips out and the whole episode basically is her reliving these memories and her acting through that specifically but there are are a couple other things as well that really stood out to me but she was just incredible and you need someone like that to anchor a show like that where it's like yes we're going to be talking superheroes and it's going to be very out there science fiction but you have this absolute anchor of a performance that you can hang on to Yes, and uh, not only her, but you also have the uh, Jeremy Irons performance in it, and um, Abdul Mahin Yaya, I think it is. Oh yeah, yeah, Abdul Mahin. Yeah, yeah. as as Doctor Manhattan. I gotta tell which you, which is pretty phenomenal. I did not see that coming at all. Oh really? And when she like when she gets home and she's like, "Hey, we gotta talk." Like, what? I was like, "Oh, okay." I see what's happening here, but then she just bludgeons him with that hammer. Yes. I was like, Oh God. Like <laughs> I was worried for a second. It was going to be like, no, he was someone else. But then she pulled like, it was just so, I was not prepared for how brutal it was. Okay. She yeah. pulls that ring out of his head and everything. I was, I was, when she hits him over the head, I was like, Oh, he's Dr. Manhattan. He, yeah. He's always been, he's always been here. He never, he left, but he came back. He went and fell in love and came back. And yeah. I think this show did a really good job of explain. I know we just said we didn't want to talk about the movie, but I think this show did a much better job than the movie in terms of like explaining how. Oh, well, if it's shitting on the movie, I'm fine with that. How he's everywhere at once. Yes. And how he's experiencing everything. Yes. This this show in two episodes, basically, with Dr. Manhattan, because he doesn't appear, I think, until the end of episode seven. When she, I think it's episode seven, she hits him with the hammer. Yes. And her face lights up blue because he starts glowing. Yes. And then it ends. And so eight and nine are the only two episodes with him in it. And in two episodes of probably like, I don't know, maybe 60 minutes of total screen time with everything well, else going on. Well, he's still her husband that you see throughout. Oh, yeah. He's still, but I mean, like, yeah. as Dr. Manhattan, yeah. I should say, as that character. Like, the, the two episodes do such a better job of, of explaining this character to you. 
Instead and, of having a scene where he's like brushing his teeth and putting on a tie and doing all the stupid shit. He's all, yeah, he's got to get his suit on. He's got Yeah, like they did in the fucking movie. <laughs> but they do that in the book. Like that was him just trying to kind of recreate the scene from the book and where fit that is and, happening. Yeah. Well, because then this too, like there's the scene where she's asking him all these questions and he's trying to remember and adjust to everything. And he's like, I'm hungry. I'm going to go make pancakes. And he's just in the kitchen making eggs and pancakes. And she's like, are you kidding me? There's people coming to kill you. Yeah. And he's like, oh, I just got to take it all in. Yeah. So like, you get those moments, but I don't know if it's because. But it's show. also so it's also because the like tachyon inhibitor shit is still taking over. And then they come in with that. Yeah, that's true. Cannon that they, teleports him to. Yeah. So the whole actual like plot of the show is the kkk the modern day kkk known as the seven knights right uh seventh cavalry seventh cavalry sorry the seventh cavalry has concocted a plan to capture dr manhattan and like put his powers in white people Put his power into, into Keen Jr. Into Keen Jr., a white supremacist senator. Who's the son of the senator who made the Keen Act in the first place. Yes. So, at the same time that this is happening, there is a tech giant who is the, the clone offspring of Adrian Veidt, who has become basically like female Elon Musk or female Jeff Bezos in terms of, or probably closer to Elon Musk in terms of like, she just invents all this crazy tech that everyone She's uses. She's closer to Bill Gates. Yeah. Okay. I could see that. And at the same time, she has a plan and her plan is basically let the white supremacists do all the work yes. and then swoop in and take Dr. Manhattan and take his power for herself, herself. because she knows that he won't see it coming because he's focused on the white supremacists. Yeah. Basically, everyone thinks Dr. Manhattan is gone, but there's this uh, tight knit conspiracy group that believes Dr. Manhattan has come back to Earth and has always been on Earth. And is just hiding in plain sight. And just as a human. hiding in plain sight as a human. And she figured that out through this like globe thing that she was she is pulling information. I forget. It's she's very... like she's using like her t she's like the tech giant. She has all these yeah. drones and stuff. And she's using the like the drones to map heat signatures and like yes. radiation signatures. Yeah, she's like he's got a really specific signature, and it's not here. It's here. It's not on Mars where everyone said he went. It's on Europa. Yeah, it's not on Europa now. It disappeared. It so. disappeared from Europa, and so you see that Doctor Manhattan's kind of been popping around, and yeah. that he comes back to Earth, and white supremacists see this. And are like, we need to take his power. We need to figure out how to strip his power from him. And put it in us white supremacists so we can have real white power. Right. Unlimited white power. Yeah. yeah. And it's... And it's so, like... I don't know. It. I just... I really think that it... It balanced everything and it handled everything with the story. And it, it built these characters where, like... When it starts, it starts with the dude pulled over and the cop has a mask on and it's very like, oh man, this is, this is intense. Like the cop has a mask on, like what kind of horrible stuff is about to happen here? And then the cop gets killed because it turns out the guy that's pulled over is a member of the seventh cavalry. Yeah. And he has his, they all wear Rorschach masks. Yeah. So he's got his mask on too. And like, it just does such a good job of like 
everyone gets a moment to just be like the absolute worst. <laughs> like, you know yeah. what I mean? Like the vigilantes, there's a, there's a few that work with the police because what happens is the police want to keep everybody safe. All the police officers safe because the white supremacist group mass murdered every cop or like went around and killed the, almost every cop in this thing that they call the white night, the white night Christmas yeah. Eve. They all go around cause they know where all the cops and live. Regina King was one of the cops that was like killed or was attacked, was attacked. And she survived. Yes. And retired, but stated as a vigilante. So the police force works with some vigilantes. Yeah. At, at this point. And they got a whole influx of new signees because they passed the law that says they don't have, they can wear masks. Yes. And they have to stay anonymous and protect themselves from from everybody. So like not even the like partners know who they are, essentially. Yeah. So, the police chief is Don Johnson. Yes. <laughs> Which has anyone enjoyed like a a crazier renaissance than Don Johnson? I feel like he's between what about- this and Eastbound and Down as Kenny Powers' dad. <laughs> And like, wasn't he in a couple other movies and a couple other like? He, I feel like he's been I don't in like know. a I haven't Quentin Tarantino thing. I think he was in like a. He's like, he was one of the slave owners in Inglers or okay. in a in Django in Django okay. Unchained. But I just feel like he pops up in all these random things now. It's like Don Johnson. All right. Yeah, he's he's the one that is uh, the three that he first kills. Mm-hmm. He's the like slave owner. Yeah. That has them as his ranch or his, I was just, his, I was, his field hands. I was just very surprised to see him pop up in this. He's very good. Yes. Yeah, I mean, he's pretty much good in everything that yes, he does, uh, yeah. dating back to Miami Vice. <laughs> but I mean, he's he, Don Johnson. So he gets lynched. Yes. And that's what sets everything into motion, really, is he gets lynched in the first episode. And he's But next to him, when his body is discovered... Is a 82, 86 year old man. No, he's like a hundred and. Oh, he's like a hundred and three. Yeah. Sorry, hundred and three year old man. It's not just the man in a wheelchair. It's not just the man in a wheelchair. It's Louis Gossett Jr. Yes, Louis Gossett Jr. in a wheelchair, turning in an incredible performance himself, uh, saying that he's done it. Yeah, he's like, I did it. Yeah, and Regina King is the one who responds because she he calls her, and she's like. What do you mean you did it? You're an old ass man. Like, what are you talking about? Yeah. He's like, I'm your grandfather. We got some stuff to talk about. And she had no idea she had a grandfather at this point. Yeah. And it just does such a masterful job of going back and forth with everything and weaving everything together to where, yes, there's more that you want to know. And like, there's, there's things that like you kind of wish that they would spend more time on. Cause you, well, you find out that her, uh, grandmother dies when picking her up in Vietnam. Yeah, so her, so her... So her parents are killed in a like a terrorist attack. In Vietnam. In Vietnam. Because we've won the war. Uh, Dr. Manhattan's won us the war. Yeah, Dr. Manhattan came in, won the war. We've taken over Vietnam and basically turned it into a tourist trap type situation. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. And uh, her dad is like, he's a GI... And they're all out at like a fair for her birthday. Yeah. And a, and a it's bomber. the Dr. Manhattan. It's Dr. Manhattan day. Yes. It's like the celebration of him winning the war in Vietnam. And they're all dressed as Dr. Manhattan. They're all wearing yeah. his masks and stuff. And a suicide bomber blows him and the, her mom, mom up. So she goes into foster and orphan foster care. orphan care. And her grandma shows up one day to pick her up. And upon picking her up, they go and have like a meal 
And then when they're leaving, she dies outside the taxi cab. I was waiting for something to come up with that. Like it was like if she was attacked or something, but she just has like a heart attack. Yeah. She just no, she just over. collapsed over and died. She ends up going back into the system. And, and it's from cr- there, it's so she's sad. just, yeah. Like, so you're, you're, th- you're seeing that this character's kind of had no one throughout her life. And then she meets this one man later when she joins the police. She's, she becomes a Vietnamese police, right? Yeah. And then she moves over to back to Tulsa with, with with Dr. Manhattan. Dr. Manhattan. Who's disguised as her husband. Now, yes. Cal. Yeah. Yeah. And so they move over there. She transfers to Tulsa and she meets um, Don Johnson and becomes a member of Tulsa PD. And they stay close after the White Knight happens. Yeah. They become good friends. And then is it after the White Knight that she becomes a uh, um, night sister? Night sister. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So and she becomes Night Sister, which is probably one of the coolest like character creations in a while. Yeah, it's pretty good. It's pretty sweet. Um, I like that one a lot. I liked Red Scare. Red Scare was pretty funny. Just an overly stereotypical Russian dude. Yeah, just punching people to death. Yeah, and uh, it's funny that he'd be a character, especially since the f- original comic was all about the Red Scare. Right. Exactly. <laughs> and. Uh, yeah, so she becomes this this vigilante, and she finds out after after Don Johnson's killed that he was a member of the cavalry, basically. Like, yeah, it's it comes. She finds like old KKK robes in his closet, and you find out that he was, I think, a part of the. No, that would make him way older. Yeah, yeah. So, because he's a child when when the the Tulsa massacre happens. Yeah, no, he was not part of that. I think he knew about the squid. Yeah. But he, yeah, he wasn't part of the Tulsa. He was just part of the KKK. I think his grandfather was part of the Tulsa massacre. Yes, that's or, what it was. His grandfather or his father was part yeah. of it. Yeah, and just so that he was a part of it, he, that's why he was trying to get rid of him. Yeah. So it's just killing the lineage off. Yeah, essentially, it's like hey, yeah. this evil still exists and hasn't gone anywhere. It's yeah, just underground better. And, and so, that's why he kills him is to kind of expose that and bring it out and, and, and kind of help her see it. Throw this, begin this investigation that needed to happen that wasn't happening. It un- it uncovers a whole conspiracy, just yeah. like the, the original comic. And yeah, it's like this unfolding of this greater conspiracy that goes from the highest levels on down. It's, yeah. It's like, Hey, this seems, like I love this scene where, uh, agent Blake goes to interview Don Johnson's wife after finding out. Oh yeah. That they were a part of this big, they knew about this big plan about getting Dr. Manhattan and stealing his powers for the whites. And she's pressing this button trying to activate this trap chair yeah, Don Johnson's that, that wife Lori is, Blake is sitting in and she's like, what the fuck is going on? And then like the chair sinks and she's like, Oh shit. And she doesn't get out of it in time, but it's like, you can tell it's this trap they've always had for something like this, but it's old <laughs> it's and it just didn't fucking yeah. work. And so she has to like get it to work and like keep pressing the button. It, it's a very human and funny scene in what is a very ridiculous and over the top kind of like, super hard sci-fi yeah up until that i really think the only real funny scenes that you got was everything with jeremy irons 
Yes. Like, was him just and that's like very dark and humor. And it's unbelievable. Because he's dark. like killing he's got clones, these clones basically. that he just murders and is using their bodies to spell out help me. <laughs> on, on, a, the planet, yeah. on the planet, he's yeah. He's built a spacesuit. He's built all sorts of st- like. He's got ultimate. He's he wants to go back. I think that he says he's been on that for like eight or nine years. And he basically has built them to judge him, though. He creates this whole like. Yeah, well, they have the one that's the warden. Yeah. Who is just another clone, but he's got a mask on. And in the last episode, he when he finally escapes, he's finally freed. He talks to the warden and the warden's like why did you have me do this to you and he said well i gave you a mask and the mask will make you evil and like that's such a theme throughout the show is like when when her when regina king's grandfather first puts on his mask he's he essentially is the first superhero yeah he's hooded justice and when he puts on the mask he just beats the shit out of these people and he kills all these criminals and he like and his wife is like horrified by what he's become because she's like you're, you're. He gets you so wrapped this. up in bringing justice. It's like total Batman style, where it's yeah, like you say that you're waiting for the day you don't have to be Batman, but that day's never gonna come. Yeah, you it's, are dedicated. This is you. You're Batman. You're the not the mask Wayne. is actually yeah, exactly. Bruce Wayne now. It's like you're you're hooded justice now. You're not Will. Reeves. Yeah, you're, yeah. You're hooded justice now, and and that's else is, what happened. He's gay, is too correct he like experiments with the other i don't know if he's full-on gay because he does have his wife and kid but they have an affair him and one of the other superheroes do yeah yes yeah and so in the original book the hood of justice just disappears right no one never knows what there's somebody who dies later so in the comic book you never know who hood of justice was but he's known as the first ever like superhero there's a couple people i think they imply it to be uh yes they do and it's like this weightlifter the, from germany like the, strong, I think. the german strongman or yeah something. exactly because the weight and they find up finding a body uh years later that was this guy that fit kind of the description of what the hooded justice was at the mm-hmm. time um so I, I totally forgot about the hooded justice thing that's that in that i was like oh my god that's so cool that you take <laughs> this loose end kind of from the watchman book which is a very thorough book in itself like yeah it's, there's not a lot of holes or anything. no like, and it establishes a whole world that you get to like play in and it's kind of like, like this sandbox of how many issues was it because i it's only 12 okay i only ever had the collection it's a 12 issue maxi series um <laughs> i'm sorry i asked thank you wow <laughs> it's considered a graphic novel but no it came out as 12 issues and okay it's not like it was just thrown out as like a complete right that's what i thought because yeah. i have i only have the complete book like yeah that's book. what it came later as but it was 12 issues um 12 or 13 i think it's 12 <laughs> pretty sure it's 12 better be right uh <laughs> i know but yeah no it's it follows the same beats and it's absolutely wonderful and getting back to your point that you brought up with this is that it is kind of better than the book i love the book too but the book in its in itself isn't it's not looking too deep under the hood, pun intended, um, <laughs> as as this is to current social and um, political events. And this really is before kind of what we're dealing with right now. This was 2019. Which is even more which incredible. Is, I mean, it's not like we weren't dealing with these things in 2019, but before the recognition and fight that we're seeing right now right, before in the streets and just in, in this movement that we're in, in the midst of. Um, 
and this is indicative of the times and we have seen this kind of building since i want to say kind of what this is reflecting mm-hmm. is something that's been building since like the tea party and that stuff started these really like far right wing conspiracy driven wing nuts right that are like we have to attain white power we're losing again yeah we're losing like, our power and our yeah privilege. like we're becoming the minority oh yeah, yeah this bullshit and it's uh frightful i think because it's not the case whatsoever <laughs> i think uh, too that might be why i liked it so much is because because they go so thoroughly back through like the original hooded justice through his son who becomes angela's father yeah who's regina king and like you get these generations you see how it how like this this racism and this evil like morphs and manifests throughout the decades yeah and i think because that, well regina king's dad goes in the army yes he doesn't do any superhero stuff no he doesn't do any vi- because he, hates vigilantes. he hates vigilantes because his dad her grandfather was hooded justice. Hood justice and he scared him when he was a kid yeah and this is again beat for beat with the comic it's if eva- it's <laughs> evaluating the psychological damage that something of like superhero dumb or being a superhero does that we don't evaluate. We don't look at like how Lois Lane's life is outside. Is of the outside. Google. Yeah, like <laughs> imagine being worried about some fucker named Brainiac kicking down your door with his fucking robot army, exactly. kidnapping you to hold you hostage, or even like uh, any superhero who does this shit. That no, oh, yeah. I mean, I say that any superhero who does that shit in comic books that are fake and not real. <laughs> but the psychology of superheroes is always very fun to get into because it's, it's yeah. And heroism. But I think what I was saying too, is like, it just makes it so timeless. Yes. Because you see it through everything. You see it in black. And well, white you hope that at some point it what the- it's talking about in this does become not timeless. <laughs> I mean, you would, yeah. You would hope. Yeah. But like, I just mean like it's relevant to any time you watch it because yes. the issues it touches on are issues that have been a problem for. And it's, but yes. And hopefully that we can stop those issues. And hopefully this is the beginning right now of us stopping those issues, but historical things like this are always nice to see because it allows you that reminder of what not to do. I'm I'm really glad you said that because I wasn't sure I was gonna bring up what I wanted to talk about too. What was that? <laughs> was uh, so a lot of people did not know that the Tulsa massacre was a thing and like what black or that that happened until this show came out. Yes, and similar, I didn't. Similarly, I and I've been on that civil rights tip since I was a very little kid because <laughs> I grew up with a grandmother whose whose father was a Mexican revolutionary fighting for independence in Mexico. Uh, in the early late 1800s, early 1900s, it's in your blood. Man. And you know, my mom grew up in Los Angeles in the 60s. You know, <laughs> was like six years old when the Watts riots happened, and, mm-hmm. and I grew up knowing about these, being told about these things, being taught that alternate history that you don't get in history books in school. Mm-hmm. And that's the issue. Is it, yeah, so that's what you I have to, get to go outside on your own to get the truth of this so, nation. So this was the Tulsa massacre. And then also a lot of people did not know what, um, what Juneteenth was until they watched Atlanta. There was an episode yeah. about it. And, uh, so it got me thinking, like I wanted to ask you, well, like how responsible is media for 
for covering things like this and for explaining things like so this. media you mean like books, our news movies, our news like, no, like no not, i purely mean entertainment oh, books movies t- oh, video purely game, entertainment yeah i don't like, think they have any responsibility i think the responsibility responsibility comes from historians i would yeah i would say schools and historians schools, historians what we're learning actual history um the things were stated fact are put out there written down presented um i don't think it's upon an industry that is like really about exploitation (laughs) (laughs) that i you know i love that it does that and there are very smart people working in that industry but the whole the industry as a whole isn't that i just so that's why it's like i don't think it really is responsible for that but i like to see it coming out of it that's kind of where i'm at with it too like i don't there's there's no responsibility other than the people who like say they're going to be the ones to be like history majors or they're going to be those types you know they're going to hold those positions like i believe it's their responsibility to pass that education along but like i never learned about any of that stuff in school i never learned about black wall street or yeah or juneteenth or did you see there was a video that went around a couple weeks ago? We also went to school in, <laughs> in a, in a yes. very white town. Very true. <laughs> very white schools. But, um, so, okay, I'll ask you this first then. Is that something that, do you think there should be, like, a curriculum? E- or like, how do you, well, like, so I think, so, things like slavery um, and just this general treatment of black people minorities homosexuals throughout the history of the united states transgender people um lgbt community in general just just anyone who isn't a white cisgendered male or female right uh those stories need to be brought to the forefront in our history books and need to be taught because it's not like they're just some subsect of society that is to these people hopefully going to go away if we just ignore them. It's not. Yeah. Um, it's, it's reality. It's our history. It's the real, it's real fucking people. You you can't just Um, pull it out because you you don't like it. Just get rid of it. Yes, exactly. And that's what, um, these simpleton Puritan fucks have been doing since (laughs) the beginning of time, even going back to the witch hunts, of Salem like you're talking about probably people with just general mental illness issues and people with no issues at all yeah who were brutally murdered in public squares with people with groups of people just around. put on fire or drowned or thrown drowned, off cliffs yes because somebody uh said they hey. were a witch hey they're a witch uh and there's just so much hate and kind of wasp history white anglo-saxon yeah. protestant history it's just white history in general um to the crusades to everything all these things done in religion and 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 this attempt at white power um that has caused nothing but pain and destruction uh to um everyone <laughs> I, yeah pretty much uh, native americans uh. <laughs> did you see there was a video that went around a couple weeks ago it was a history teacher and she was comparing the maps that are used in schools with the actual world map oh did you see that at all no or? i have not so she, it's, i think it was like a tiktok or something i saw it i can't remember where i saw it but she 
she has like the map that is taught in school and she's like here you go here's the united states look how much bigger it is than everything look how big and cool the united states is and then she comes over to another map and she's like check this out and she unfolds like a giant world map and she's like here's the actual map that should be used and is not this cartoon one here's the united states and it's like the size of like this tablet or something you know yeah and then she's like here's every other country and every other continent and it's like look how big europe is look how big this is look how big that is like yeah you can't listen to well okay so europe on the left side like when you're looking at it is really big but then there's a whole portion of it that is a frozen fucking tundra (laughs) that is uninhabitable so (laughs) um but but it's just to say no just the sheer size of china and india alone exactly uh (laughs) uh, no yeah and that's what i mean by these simpleton puritan fucks (laughs) who just want to ignore uh the reality and just tout american imperialism and superiority in the falsest of ways and um you know that's a lot of what watchman is kind of like grabbing onto and showing you how stupid and selfish and evil these types are like the seventh cavalry exactly and even his daughter in a way who are just trying to take power that doesn't belong to a single person or a single race, energy, superpower, if you will, and harness that into just one thing. For it's something to be yeah. distributed. Power is for everyone. Power is for the people. And that's too. That's why that character. That's why Doctor Manhattan is so so aloof. Not aloof, but also he's so. I don't want to say like. He's just calm through everything. He's rational to everything. Like, yeah. Well, he sees the beginning and the end, and he all sees all in between. And it just he sees everything all at once, all the time. And so you have that omnipotence, and you're just like, okay, cool. I don't need to go do this because I see how it's going to end. It's not bad. Or this is not. Yeah. It's not going to be a problem. It's yeah. And you have him in that position, whereas if you just took the power and dumped it into someone else you know you wouldn't have that same you'd have someone who thought okay i know best i know everything yes yeah zap 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 like yep and that's (laughs) but that's kind of what he's like when he's being used by the american government Yeah, exactly essentially back in the day yeah exactly he's always been used but that's also my favorite part about the original comic um is the end of it where Veet asks him, is what I did right? And he just says, uh, nothing ever ends. Yeah. And then just poof, disappears. And it's like, wait. And and you see in this, like, it's all cyclical. Yeah, like, It's exactly. all this cycle of hate that we've just keep perpetuating and perpetuating and perpetuating for some reason. He's like, like I saved like, Earth and now here we go again. Yeah. So get me out of here, please. Like, it's just like, let's, let's just hate people for the color of their skin. Fuck it. You know, yeah. what, what reason? Hey, we did all this in the 70s, yeah. but this stuff was alive in the 20s, the 30s, the 40s, the 40s, 50s, the 60s, 80s, the 90s, 90s the, yeah. all of it. Like it just keeps going and going and going and going. And it's all for the protection of something that's non-existent. So I had one this question. fragile white ego. I had one question for you. It's weird to white guys discussing yeah. this <laughs> the fragile white ego. Yeah, um, but I think it's primarily because I I know for me is I 
even though my dad is a white Irish Italian from Philly, um, and my I was primarily from my mom's side, growing up in a Latino household and mm-hmm. kind of getting this other experience. Like a lot of my childhood was spent out in East LA, and out in LA, and seeing the vibrant like Latino community and the community of that if you will right where it wasn't this wanting to be gated in protected protected, um you know i need a gun for my in-home protection and this constant fear that uh white people seem to have that someone is going to take the gun anyone with a darker (laughs) shade of skin is going to come in and not only take their gun but like rape and pillage their home and just steal everything and, yeah. <laughs> and that's kind of the way the white racist people of this world i'm not saying all white people actually I, i'm <laughs> kind of going on that in that type of rant right but there seems to be a majority because it fucking showed up in 2016 <laughs> i can tell you that so um i to vote for this racist piece of trash that we have as a president who just stokes the flames of racism and hate in this country and that's Another thing is like this keen character and this yeah, is 100%. like it's totally MAGA and he is the ep- an epitome of what that MAGA little trolls and shitheads we are that, make, we have to that actually occupy have to- our Senate and House and state yeah. and city councils and things like that it is a systemic issue. <laughs> it runs and- deep in our bones. I don't I don't know how I'm going to transition to the question I had now because it's definitely nothing serious. So you mentioned the episode earlier where they explain how Looking Glass came to be and like how he survived the squid squid attack of 1985. Yeah. So I I had one question for you out of all of this. So you're naked in a fun house and the girl that lured you in there under the premise of being attracted to you has taken all of your clothes and you're standing butt naked in a fun house. Is that the worst possible situation you could be in to then walk out and see 3 million dead New Yorkers? Yes. (laughs) Oh, 100%. Poor dude. Yeah. He gets duped like this girl that he he may be crushing on or something. There's like a group of punks that give him a hard time because he's a, he's like a Jehovah's witness. Yes. A Mormon or something. I can't remember. I believe he's a Jehovah's witness. I believe it's Jehovah's witness. Yeah. So he's going around with his group because they're all, it's 1985 right before, the squid, squid drops. The drops. tensions are super high yeah, with Russia. The psychic squid. That and so him and releases the psychic blast that kills half of New York. And so him and his his fellow missionaries are like trying to spread the word to save people before this rapture occurs. And this group of like biker guys give him a hard time, and one girl in the group comes out and is like, "No, I want to hear more. Come on." And he's like so taken aback by it. He's like, "Oh, okay." And they go into this fun house, and she starts flirting with him and hitting on him. And she convinces him to take his clothes off and wants to have sex with him. She's like, the world's about to end. You don't want to die a virgin. Come on. And he's like, what? And he kind of just goes along with it. And he's like, look, I'm really not comfortable with this. Stop. And so he goes, oh, yeah, well, huh? And she grabs all his clothes and runs out. And, like, the whole thing was a scam. Yeah. And then he, like, everything starts. And then everything starts shaking. The fun house they're in, just the glass shatters everywhere. Yeah. And he and comes he's out. like, oh, shit. He comes out butt naked like, guys, you feel that? Like, yeah. and, and everyone around him is dead. The girl is dead at the entrance of the funhouse, basically. Just yeah. blood pulling out from everywhere. Yeah. And, like, there's still people from his missionary alive. There's still a couple people, like, screaming, Just like, trying scream- to figure out what yeah. happened. 
and he's just standing in all of it, butt naked. And I, all I could think about was how that would probably be the shittiest thing possible. I mean, she might have had his clothes though there, so maybe he put those on. I don't know, but like, yeah, because it kind of pan. The camera zooms out, and then it pans across. I believe Brooklyn. Uh, no, they were in New Jersey. I think. Oh, yeah, he's in New Jersey. Yeah, yeah. well, yeah. And then, and then yeah, it pans, pans across, across to the, uh, that's, yeah, you're right. Verrazano Bridge into, I believe, Brooklyn. And then you see in Times Square, the squid. It's just a giant squid. Has <laughs> dropped and hit. Yeah. Oh, that was amazing. Because in the movie, so in the piece of shit movie by Zack Snyder. There's no giant squid. No giant squid. He, Adrian Veidt. It is tricks. It is smart what it is. Well, so basically what he does in so in the comic book, Adrian Veidt tricks uh Dr. Manhattan to walking into a tachyon collider machine, which essentially would like kill Dr. Manhattan right. in theory. Um so he hits him with that. Now in the movie, when he hits him with that, he essentially like creates an atomic blast, a Dr. Manhattan atomic blast in new york and like other cities killing millions and so then everyone can unite to blame dr. to blame manhattan. dr manhattan and he becomes the scapegoat and he's like you know what it sucks but you're right because you a few million to save billions is yeah is what you got to do and in the original comic it is the whole a few million to save billions but basically with this uh large hydrogen collider type material like where he's like pulling he's he's pulling shit through black holes essentially exactly and he pulls through this he gets these scientists to figure out how to like bring things through portals and kills the scientists because they figure out that his plan is to bring this giant psychic squid from an alternate dimension and crash it into earth killing millions and then just call it a day and be considered. And he does this. He yeah. accomplished this. Killing millions. The world unites against aliens because they see an alien threat attack them before the world actually just folds in on itself. Right. And Russia and America go nuclear and everything. Because this is a, the book was written kind of at the height of the Cold War. Um, I mean, tensions were real hot at that point. <laughs> Russia's invading Afghanistan taking over like pretty much most of Europe mm -hmm. uh, or Eastern Europe at that point and the Middle East. I mean, that's what fucking Rambo two and three are all <laughs> about and shit. Um, but uh, it was really focused on the nuclear terror that America faced back then and throughout history from like the fifties, sixties. And these are two British dudes. Like there's a British dude writing this back then, Alan yeah, Moore, British wizard. <laughs> yeah, come on, have um, some respect. But and it also is all about like the psychology of superheroes. Um, and so in this, it's them trying to take that. Oh, I lost track of what they're trying to talk about. <laughs> it, yeah, so it <laughs> it takes the squid and it takes the same psychology to it. And one thing that it did too that's really funny is they have, they explain that Vite 
programmed random mini squid attacks that are not yes, fatal. Yes, it rains, it rains squid from time to time to and keep the, up the, the, facade, the lie. And the squid dissolve in 30 seconds. Yeah. And he just teleports them in for like a minute and they rain <laughs> and then that's it. That shit was pretty funny. I did not, I was like, what? It just rains squids? I thought it was going to be like some type of side effect from them. From him doing it, but I, when I saw he did it, I was like, oh. When that happened in the first episode and you see the squids rain down, I got this. I, I was like, this has to be Vite. This has to be, like, he's trying to keep up appearances. And I was like, oh, okay. It is. Yeah. That's exactly what it was. And it's like, it just embraces everything from the comic so heartily while moving it oh, forward. Oh, it's a sequel you didn't know you needed. And I think that that's. <laughs> like, because you read The Watchmen and at the end of it, you're like. Probably not gonna be a sequel to this one. This everyone's dead or gone. So <laughs> yeah, like like Rorschach gets blown up, Doctor Manhattan leaves, and Laurie and, uh, and Night, Owl. Uh, Night Owl are like just fucking by the pool. Yeah, because <laughs> he can only get hard. Well, now he can get hard normally, but before he, he could they only, take off the costumes and fuck. He could at the only end. be in the costume. Yeah, yeah, but in the previously he can only be in the costume and fuck. So. And you're like, okay, I get it. This Probably is- not, and because it does flash forward, and they're they're about to escape to I think Panama mm-hmm. or something, and Rorschach's dead. Comedian is thrown out a fucking window in the beginning. Vite is gonna stay in his little Antarctic lair, Antarctic lair, and just you know, I did it. And then yeah, this picks everything up so seamlessly, like thirty years later, and it it just yeah, it, it blends everything in so perfectly. It calls back to the things like. They kind of made Watchmen such a iconic series, and it. But even to just call like its main crux of the uh, hooded justice, yeah. What is kind of ancillary material throughout? So you get the history of the the Minutemen, uh, who inspired the Watchmen later in the sixties uh, and seven or the seventies. Yeah, um, you get the whole. Um, like Vietnam stuff. It yeah, it really touches on everything. Yeah, and it it's really like takes every little nook and cranny of the original book, and is like we are gonna treat this with the utmost respect and expand upon it in our own way. We're also going to remake yeah <laughs> this in our own way. And it's really, really cool. Like, it's a sequel, but also a reboot, like, somehow in the same breath. Do you think there will be another season or anything with I it? think they are. I just don't think Lindelof's going to be behind it. And I think that's where it kind of probably will go off the rails. Yeah. Like, I if it's not kind of the original creative team, I just don't really have an interest. Because I th- feel like they had a story to tell they told that story Mm -hmm. with this same thing with the original. That's why I'm like the original never really needed a sequel, but you got a sequel to it with this and you're like, Holy shit. Like that's really fucking good. Like, right. Maybe better than the original. And you can also look at it that way. Like, even if you didn't want to look at it as a sequel, you could just look at it as a reboot of the Watchmen, where this, this history happened kind of like the original, where you have the history of the Minutemen and you have the why they got together and why they broke up and how they were kind of this 
tongue in cheek, goofy ass superhero team. Right. That just knocked over like bank robbers and shit like that until they fell apart because of inner like turmoil and fucked up shit like that. They just, yeah, they just ate each other apart. Yeah. Basically. Like the comedian rapes the first Silk Spectre and she gets pregnant. And then from over there, it's like, oh, well, I guess we're splitting up because, you know, we don't have enough now. So. So see ya. Yeah. yeah. The comedian went AWOL and fucking insane and the Vietnam War happened and he just goes well, over there fuck and starts killing out. everybody. Yeah. Yeah. So I couldn't find anything where Alan Moore actually said he didn't like the show. Yeah. But he did um say beforehand like that he thought it was an unadaptable thing because it's a comic book, not a not a book, not a movie, not a TV show, not a novel, it's a comic book. Yeah. So everyone kind of just inferred that that would be his stance on the TV show too. So I'd be interested to hear. Um, I did also find one interesting piece of trivia uh, that I want to run by you really quick. So it says, this is the second attempt at a Watchmen TV series. Director Terry Gilliam attempted an adaptation in the early yeah. 90s, but could only and conceive the like... story being so epic that it would only be accomplished on television and not film. His vision actually went into pre-production with HBO. But the project ultimately dissolved after HBO failed to provide a large enough budget. And he, Gilliam was like, I don't know how the fucking... That he claimed later that it was an unfilmable project yeah. anyway. Do you want to guess what the casting was? No. Who? All right. <laughs> Gilliam's vision went into pre-production with HBO and cast Robin Williams as Rorschach. <laughs> Jamie Lee Curtis as the Silk Spectre. Okay. Kevin Costner is Night Owl. <laughs> okay. And are you ready for this one? As the comedian, Gary Busey. Wow. This was in the early 90s. Yeah. Damn. That I would like there to be like a, a Superman. Or what was it? The Nick Cage Superman documentary. <laughs> I would like that for this Death watch. Of Superman it, it was Death lives. of Superman. Yeah. I would love to see a Watchmen Terry Gilliam documentary series with anything that like Gilliam's dead now though, right? With any meetings or anything. Yes. That sounds incredible though. Cause I've always known about how Terry Gilliam was the one who was originally supposed to, was the last person to ever touch before Zack Snyder, mm -hmm. like a Watchmen property and trying to turn it into something to even try live yeah. action. He he is also still alive. Oh, okay. There we go. For some reason, <laughs> I thought he was dead. But I yeah, I just i I would have loved to see any footage of Gary Busey as the comedian that I could find. Like, would they have put him? They'd have to have had a mustache on him. That's what I'm thinking. Like, yeah, he would just look like a straight evil Gary Busey clone. Yes, one hundred percent. I can't picture it. It's so hard to picture. Jamie Lee Curtis as the Silk Spectre is interesting too. Robin Williams is Rorschach. Yeah, Robin. <laughs> I can't really see Robin Williams screaming, "I'm not in here with you. You're in here with, with me. me." Yeah. Oh Jesus, that would have been terrible. Unless, actually, unless he like, maybe that's why Terry Gilliam was like, "This is unfilmable." <laughs> Robin Williams is just improv and he's going yeah. on 30 minute riffs while we're yeah. trying to he's just sitting there talking about justice is over here it's over there oh I'll run around the streets will come up and say save us and I'll yell down no no <laughs> <laughs> um, but I yeah so this this show in all senses of the word is really like a triumph 
It's one of the best shows of the last 10 years. Yeah, and HBO sure. made it available for free for this weekend, and it said it was free on HBO.com through July 2nd. Um, I've had difficulties finding more links to that. So if it's not, I'm sorry, but also just get the free trial or just get HBO Max and it's watch it. It's pretty much on everything, yeah, because like if you kick up Hulu, it's like watch Watchmen. Yeah, it's if you have an HBO add-on on Hulu, you can watch Watchmen. No, instantly. even without, I think. You oh, can just watch oh, cool. It, yeah. Okay. Because it was like watch now. Oh, interesting. Oh, awesome. I so on there. if you have not yet watched it, it's only nine episodes. I think Amazon too. I think yeah. everywhere where you can get the HBO add-on, you can play it through that. Yeah. So. Like, can't recommend it enough. I would say definitely check it out. It's probably some of the best media in general of the last 10 years. Like I said, like it's, not even yeah. comics, movies, music, anything. Like it's this. insanely relevant. It's insanely well done, well written. Damon Lindelof finally lands <laughs> something. It's well acted. It's well. Uh, the the like direction lost. is wonderful. The, yeah. Everything from top to bottom. You just feel the love and the care for the property. Regina King. Is incredible. She is. She really is. Uh, Yahya Abdul uh, Muhammad, I believe. <laughs> um, I he's fantastic, and it's funny because I wondered. I saw him, and I was like, "Oh, that's like that's cool to see him." I haven't like I know he's kind of coming up now. He's going to be in the new Candyman and stuff. And then I was like, "Oh, it's kind of odd that he would just be the husband in this." The, oh my god. Yeah. Okay. I was like, yeah. I kind of understand a bit more. So. Yeah, yeah. Abdul Mateen. Okay, that's it. There um, we go. And like we said before too, uh, Jeremy Irons, is fantastic. Uh, Lewis Gossett Jr. is incredible. Um, I also really do want to shout out Tim Blake Nelson as Looking Glass. Yeah. Because some of his scenes are so yeah. sad and haunting, and he plays it in such a just. Like, he's the ultimate like deadpan. He's just there's times where he's so defeated. Yeah. And then the next thing you know, he's like viciously beating the hell out of people in his mask and everything. Like yeah. It just is this whole show in general does a really good job of capturing like the duality of someone who like they have their issues and they have their problems, but then they put on the mask and they're just like vengeance and rage monsters. Yep. Basically. And that's all sides. It's police. Anonymity usually will create a monster. <laughs> uh, yeah. So check out the show. Uh, do you have any last thoughts on it? Any? Because I think we covered a lot. I think no. We yeah. I mean, just check it out. Watch it. Even if and well, not only that because we've been spoiler heavy on this. Like, hey, congrats on watching it. Like, yeah. you watch some of the best. It's TV easily some of the best or media ever made. It's crazy how it ties into everything that's yeah. going on still. Um, so watch it again. You might as well just yeah. watch it again. It's more relevant than ever because this isn't really one we're like recommending. And I feel like we're not really recommending anymore. We are just kind of getting into the movies and well, talking that's to been them. the last couple. Yeah, I mean we'll we'll recommend most of the time. But yeah, like the Five Bloods and this. They kind of. These lend themselves to larger conversations. Also, I, I feel like, uh, yeah, we want to have these larger conversations, but exactly. neither of us want to write a 3,000 <laughs> word article. Not only that, but so like, it's just easier to just talk about it. It's easier to talk about it and stop being shitty and racist. America. <laughs> you would think it would be. Easy. It'd be that easy. Like, it'd just be like, oh, I won't be a piece of shit. No, nope. no. You got to just fight for being a piece of shit. Because, hey, being a piece of shit is, is American, I yeah. guess. Like, yeah. Telling someone Don't to- take away my slave statues, goddammit. Yeah. 
Why not? They're terrible people. Also, like it's history. What? What? Yeah. <laughs> it's a loser's history. Yeah, basically. It's an un-American history. It's an un-American loser history. I don't know. Uh, like they were rebels, and they weren't fighting for freedom at all. Like they They're fighting for oppression. Fighting yeah, for- they were their freedom to cause oppression. That's all they were fighting for. The pieces of shit. Uh, so we will, on that note, get out of here. Uh, thank you guys for listening. Uh, we'll have more of, I don't want to say traditional, straightforward. Hey, here's a cool movie. No, we're check fucking it out. changing it up. Yeah, right. We're getting the game woke, has changed. But the players are the same. <laughs> Let us know what you think of Watchmen, the series, or the comic book, or. Or the movie, if you want to defend the movie to us. Um, you can find us on Twitter and Instagram. You under can't the defend the movie. Just at Heiferbrew. Or uh, we have a website, heiferbrew.com. You can hop on there as well. We're trying to keep it updated with new articles. Um, but we do both also work normal 9 to 5 jobs for a living. So let us know what you like and what you don't like. And help us uh, help us get out there and collect uh, collect bags from various sponsors. So we can do this more. Yes. Um, Money, money, money. Let us know what you like. Let us know what you don't like. And uh, we will be back, guys. Please don't sue us for that. (laughs) No, it was under 15 seconds. I think you're good. Oh, yeah. (laughs) So thank you guys for listening, and uh, we will be back. Thank you.